Ownership is a total commitment of the head, heart, and hands to fix the problem and never again affix the blame. John G. Miller, QBQ, the question behind the question. gentlemen, welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality. My name is Steve Edelman and I am your host. On today's show, we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, something that I've spent a lot of time studying and a lot of time trying to fully understand. It has a lot to do with psychology and mentality. What I'm talking about today is leadership over management. So if you're in a position where you are leading others or managing assets, uh, it matters. And so that's kind of what I'm going to dig deep into today. Stay tuned, because it's about to get deep. Alrighty, folks. So, on this episode, like I said, we are going to be getting into some really, really cool stuff. Some stuff that I have um, literally spent a huge chunk of my life studying and figuring out and understanding as fully as humanly possible. And that is the leadership mentality. Um... When I was a kid, there was a, a, um, a lack of leaders in my life. I mean, there were people that I, I didn't really see as leaders, but were my managers and my bosses. And I was put into positions of power. Um, when I say kid, I was, you know, a teenager, whatever. Um, but I was, and I was put into positions in work environments of power, but I hadn't really given it, been given any real training on what it meant to be a leader. So, you know, that's, that's kind of intoxicating when you're a boss type of guy. So um, when I got a little bit older and I found myself in a position where I was in charge of more and more projects, more and more teams, ranging from, you know, five people to 70 people at one point, and I was asked, because I was coming up with these leadership skills and I was kind of reading a lot of leadership books, and I was, uh, I was you know, absorbing information from mentors around me, I, I was asked to design a leadership training program. And that, that program was called Leadership Over Management. The idea was that if you wanted to be a leader or a supervisor, um, you would have to complete my Leadership Over Management training. And there was a lot of people who, you know, got into the program and didn't make it through the training because they didn't really uh, take in the concepts and it, it didn't make sense to them. They just wanted the position for higher money, more respect, more power. And that wasn't the kind of leadership that the company was looking to promote. It wasn't the type of leadership that people were, um, that the people in my company were hoping to build. You know, they wanted a legacy um, type of leadership and somebody who isn't afraid to train up their replacement. I always say you should have a very strong line of succession plan in place. You should be trying to train your replacement because here's the deal. If they get promoted, then odds are so will you. And that that's, sounds selfish, but it's not because what you're doing is you're helping them meet their goals and in the process, everybody wins. So it's definitely important to be able to identify people who you feel could be leadership material. And a lot of times you'll see it in them before they see it in themselves. But another good tell too, I always thought was really impressive is when people would come to me and say, hey, how do I get into leadership? How do I get, how do I get to be a manager? How do I get to be a supervisor? And I would always say, well, you just took the first step. You have to be able to acknowledge that it's something you want to do and then go ask your superior, have the balls to go ask your superior um, what it is that it will take to get you there. 
and try and get measurable answers. You know, if, if it's uh, about getting sales or doing taking over certain projects, ask for more responsibility, under promise and over deliver. That's how you start to get your foot in the management door. But what you really need to understand that, that really gets into the leadership mentality, mentality and, and, and um, you know, psychology is that I found, and I, I sat there, I remember it very vividly, I sat there on a giant whiteboard when I was asked to build this program. I'd never done anything like it before. And I thought, well, what is it that makes me a good leader? And so the first thing I did was I asked around, and I asked people that I trusted. I said, listen, on my team, I said, you can be completely honest with me, and I will respect you more if you do. Um, do you think that I'm a good leader? Now, that's kind of a loaded yes or no question, I know. But then, and so I stopped asking that question, and I started saying, um, what do you think defines a good leader? Not what makes me a good leader, but what do you say defines a good leader? And I started taking notes, and I started realizing that there were certain things that really, on a fundamental level, lined up. And I, so what I call them is I call them the four cornerstones of leadership. And so I feel like leadership is a house that's really built to last on four very fundamental cornerstones. And these four cornerstones, they never change. Um, they're pillars of strength and virtue. And when they work together, um, those strengths of those cornerstones can hold up any leader um, to heights well beyond what they ever even imagined. Um, so those four cornerstones are this. There's accountability, which is honestly taking ownership of your every action. And that's why I had the quote, ownership quote at the beginning there. Ownership is a total commitment of the head, heart, and hands to fix the problem and never again affix the blame. So accountability is the very first one, is taking ownership of your actions, eliminating victim thinking, and saying, what can I do in this situation to improve it or to get the desired result? It's recognizing that a change needs to be made um, and then figuring out what to do about it, how, how, how to make that change. Now, the, so the first one is accountability. The second one is honesty. So it's, it, to define that, how I define honesty is it's the act of being truthful in all that one says and does and in every action you take. So, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of blowing smoke. I think, you know, they, there's an old phrase, forgive, forget, it sounds a little vulgar, but I, and I apologize. I don't know where it comes from, but it makes sense to me. Um, don't blow smoke up people's ass. And it makes sense. Nobody wants to, to have a bunch of smoke and mirrors when they, they just want transparency. They want honesty. They want to know that you're a trustworthy person and that you are as good as your word. Basically, if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. That's part of the accountability. That's why honesty plays into that. Um, the next cornerstone is sincerity. So what that is, that's not only meaning what is said, but refusing to lie or deceive to get results. Okay, so that plays into the into the honesty side of it. Um, you really need to be true and be sincere. So that comes in both um, honest critiques and sincere critiques of other people's work, offering opportunities for improvement, um, opportunity areas, or acknowledging things that are going well. In one of my past podcasts, I talked about trying to catch people doing something right, as opposed to, and that's under, I think it's called the One Minute Manager, um, and I wish I could, I can't cite the author of the book because I don't recall it, but the One Minute Manager, I think, talks about catching people doing something right and how managers tend to catch people doing wrong things. They look for problems to fix. Well, a leader is conscientious of the problems that need to be fixed, but, you know, they also 
try to catch people doing something right so they can praise it and encourage more behavior like it. So when I say sincerity, when you're giving feedback to somebody, if they know you to be an honest and sincere person, they're going to take it to heart a lot more than if you're the kind of person who's deceptive or blows smoke uh, and lies and deceives to get results. Now the final one I feel like is probably the most, one of if not the most important of these, right next to accountability. And that is integrity. So we have accountability, honesty, sincerity, and integrity. Integrity is making sure that your actions match your beliefs in doing that which is right, even and especially when nobody's watching. So it's not only having actual psychological beliefs and that sort of thing, but living an ethical life and being having that integrity. So if I say that I'm going to, that I, I believe in one thing, I'm not saying it for confirmation bias. I'm not saying it to get buy-in of other people. Whether you're watching or not, this is what I believe. This is how I live my life of integrity. And so these four cornerships are, uh, cornerships, these four cornerstones are leadership musts. And until you can be sincere and honest and accountable um, and have integrity with yourself, you can't possibly expect to be a leader in the eyes of others. And, and that's a really important thing to note, is that the reason I say integrity is important is because I believe, and I think I may have touched on this in a previous show, everybody wears masks, okay? And we don't want to acknowledge that because that means we're not being honest with ourselves. But the reality is, everybody wears masks. There's the mask that you put on or you take off. You could be showing your true self around those you care about most. It's when all of your guards, all of your shields are down, all of your walls are down, and you're just being honest and true. That is one face. There's another face, another mask that you put on while you're at work, while you're being super professional and you're trying to impress your boss. And there's different masks at work too. So like there's the mask that you may wear when nobody's around, which is where you go to the bathroom and you play around on your cell phone for 20 minutes or whatever. Um, or And then the other mask that you put on when the boss is there and you're trying to look busy, you know, if you... If, you're, you, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. You're trying to look busy, you're trying to look effective, whatever, that's a mask, right? And then there's another mask that you wear in front of your friends to look cool or people who you want to impress. So you have all these masks that you wear. And w until you acknowledge that and, and realize that, especially if one of those masks is very deceptive or deceitful, until you can take all those masks off, literally just strip yourself of all those masks and have integrity, and be the same person whether you're hanging out with your friends, hanging out with your significant other, hanging out with your kids if you have them, your nieces, your nephews, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your bosses, your coworkers, your any of your peers, no matter who you're in front of, you're the same person. That shows some serious integrity. That is a hard thing to do because you have to be honest with yourself and you have to tell yourself, okay, these are things I don't like about myself and that I want to fix. We don't, here's the thing. People don't like to admit that they're wrong. They love to hear they're right. They absolutely love to hear that they're right. But they can't stand hearing that they're wrong because it almost feels like a judgment on them. Our brains are literally wired to believe something wholeheartedly. Even if logically we think that it's it's not that we, we can be proven wrong, we're still going to fight for what we believe because we don't want to acknowledge that we made a mistake. 
that we were wrong. So until you can get rid of that ego and that, that pride, and you can acknowledge that you may be wrong and that there are other perspectives out there, um, and that you've made mistakes and that you need to right those wrongs, it's impossible to live a life of integrity. It really is. And and sometimes you got to dig deep. There's not, like, especially if you've lived a deceptive life and you've, you've been the kind of person who has uh, misled others for a long time about who you really were, when one of those lies com- comes unraveled, whether you choose to, um, you know, honestly open that up and share it with the world or it just happens organically, uh, it's, it's unraveling the mummy. Like, every lie is tied to another one and you can't just uncover one or two. You have to rip the entire bandage off and you have to... You have to tell the whole story. You have to acknowledge all of your flaws. Um, and so it's, it's a very raw moment if you find yourself in that position. It's very painful, not only to you, but to the people you're coming clean with. And, and so the other option is to just acknowledge it within yourself and then change it. Be like, you know, I'm going to be an honest and sincere and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an integrity and I'm going to take accountability for myself and I'm going to make a, an honest effort going forward to not make these mistakes again. I'm going to be transparent. And we we always tell our kids, my wife and I, we're raising two wonderful children, and we always tell our kids, if you do something wrong, if you make a mistake, if you make a bad decision, if you're honest about it and you tell us the truth, even if you get punished, it's going to be way, way, way less severe than if you lie and we find out about it. Um, in an episode a while back, I talked. I had my kids on, and my, my daughter mentioned that. She said, always be honest. That's one of the things that she knew from us, is that, you know, it's better to be honest and accept whatever comes your way than it is to lie, deceive, little white lies, that sort of thing. You should just own it. If you feel this way about something, then own it. If you have a certain opinion, own it. Be able to back it up. So that got a little bit deeper than I intended. Um, but I do want to get into at the end, I'm going to, this is going to be a pretty short podcast, but I do want to get into some leadership and management definitions, um, by how I define them. Um, I felt like it was, I feel like it's, it's really important to kind of, um, redefine a few vocabulary words, uh, for the purpose of, of, of this podcast. Um, now remember these are terms that I refer to in leadership, um, mentality and not necessarily or, or typically the same as when they're applied to accounting or economics or business or whatever. This is specifically for the leadership taking on and, and really um, really adopting a leadership mentality. Um, so we'll start with management. So management to me is simply the balancing of assets. Um, specifically the balancing of a- assets to attempt to maximize profits and minimize losses. Um, that's that's a manager. A manager is somebody who has the ability to do that uh, and and that acts in, in that best interest is, is working with various assets and, um, and liabilities. Now, leadership, on the other hand, is ensuring that you have a vision and teaching and um, demonstrating that vision to a team while developing them to um, reach their maximum potential. Leaderships take a personal investment in the success of each of their team members. It, it, it is literally a personal thing that they think about on a regular basis and they actively strive to enhance the goals and, and the success of other team members. 
That's what it comes down to. That's the difference between leadership and management right there in a nutshell. Now, I've mentioned assets a couple times. So when I say assets in this sense, what I'm talking about is tools of the trade. Um, so things, for example, like um, human resources, I I'm talking about people, not the department. So, you know, asset, uh, uh, human, humans as a resource are your, one of your most important assets. Um, and then there's also, you know, physical equipment like computers and paper and, and, and then there's another plant assets like that, um, buildings. And then there's customer service tools, software, that sort of thing. So to kind of sum it all up there, managers manage a business. Leaders take business beyond greatness by developing assets. Now, I've said this before, and I really want to stick you know, stick with this for a second and throw this out there. This is a good final thought, I think. If time is money and excuses waste time, then excuses waste money. Time and money are finite. Excuses are infinite unless choices are made actively to stop them. Much like objects, an excuse in motion will remain in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. So I know that's a really deep thought. That's, a, that, that's something that, that you should really take into consideration and take it personally. Um, money and time are both finite. Excuses are infinite. So you have to actively stop excuses, take accountability, and figure out how you can manage your assets to be a good leader, how you can develop those assets to maximize the return on your investment of time and money. Because again, both of those are finite. But the return on that investment, if done correctly, is infinite. So like I said, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this subject, about leadership and about leading with style and about you know really taking the time to understand what's most important to people. Um, and that's why I wanted to have that be the subject of today's podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'd love your thoughts on leadership and on management. Um, do you think I'm full of shit? Do you think, do you think that, uh, I'm onto something? Um, what do you feel makes a good leader? And keep in mind, a leader isn't just somebody who, uh, has a bunch of people that report to them. A leader can be somebody in the community who is, you know, is fighting for a certain cause. Or if you're a personal trainer, for example, you, a, a many, a mentor is a leader. You know, it's somebody who has a vision and shares it with others and gets them to buy into it for the common goal, for the common good. So that's, that's it guys. That's all I want to talk about today. Again, it's kind of short. I apologize. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you get something from it. If you do, if you find that this is valuable content, do me a favor, share it with a friend. Feel free to support me if you want to. This, this uh, podcast on Anchor is available to be supported financially. Um, I don't ask for that very often. I think this is like the second time I've ever done it in 42 episodes, but it's a possibility. Um, but frankly, I don't need your money. Not right now. I don't. I don't need your money. I want you to live a better life and I want to help open your eyes to a different way of seeing the world. And so if you feel like this podcast is doing that, please share. Let me know. Comment on um, any of the social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, Instagram. And um, I'm on Twitter. And I'm on TikTok. All of them under um, TDGR Podcast. So reach out. Let me know where your head's at, what you think. And uh, I'd love to chat. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. And until next time, dig deep, my friends.